All great stories have a beginning. If this is your first time joining us, we encourage you to start at episode one. To our returning listeners, welcome back to Sildum. Our show is a blend of radio drama, audiobook, and improvised role-playing game. I'm your host, Daniel Storm, and you are listening to the RPG Radio Show. I'm Zach McCann, and I play Gavin Rettler. I'm Andy Kanis, and I play Jacob Elias. I'm Luke Hatmaker, and I play Maze Tummock. I'm Ben Sonic, and I play Dimitri Whisperoak. I'm Courtney Taylor, and I play Sonata Stillbrook. We interrupt our normal formatting for some special announcements. We are rapidly approaching our 25th episode. We're planning to do a special shout-out to our Patreon supporters who have helped us make it this far. If you are a Patreon supporter and would like your name added to that list, head over to Patreon and comment on our 25th episode shout-out post. If you are not a Patreon supporter, there's still time to get your name added to the list of wonderful people who help make our show possible. For as little as $2 per month, you will have access to bloopers, maps, regular audience polls, and much, much more. Head over to patreon.com slash RPG radio show to find out more. One last thing before we return to the story. We greatly appreciate your patience between episodes. Throughout the pandemic, the safety of our cast has been a priority. With the adventuring party split, we were able to record in the studio in small groups while maintaining safe social distance. No spoilers, but as we get the party back together, we were faced with a unique challenge. Our studio was not large enough for us to safely record. So we needed to find another solution. A friend of the show has an extra-large garage workshop that enables us to maintain safe social distance, which is awesome. The biggest downside is that, well, it sounds like we are recording in a garage. We pride ourselves on producing high-quality audio, but the safety of our cast is far more important. For this reason, we ask you to forgive some of the echo you might hear in the coming episodes. We're working on a solution, but it might take some trial and error to get it right. Thank you for your understanding, and we look forward to continuing to tell this story in a safe and socially distant way. A special thanks to Newsdog Studios for, well, letting us turn your garage into a studio. And now, back to the adventure. Previously on the RPG Radio Show, our party has all been arrested by an agent of the Empire. The blind Inquisitor Lenriesh Lightsworn questioned Maze about the party's actions prior to arriving in Bon Kuldir. The Inquisitor seemed primarily interested in discovering the location of the dagger-turned-short-sword that Gavin stole from the Grey Dawn. Possession of that weapon appeared to be the driving force behind the Grey Dawn's pursuit of Gavin and Jacob. That pursuit eventually led to an ambush on the Beacon's Highway. The party was victorious despite the Grey Dawn leader displaying another mysterious magical weapon, a gauntlet that shot bolts of crackling purple energy. While that gauntlet was nearly destroyed in the conflict, Gavin kept the twisted remnants of it in his pack. Upon their arrest, each member of the party was forcibly relieved of their belongings. Gavin, not wanting the Empire to get their hands on the magical short sword, hastily stashed the blade in a crate of cure potions he and Maze procured for Brother Kai. Chapter 23 Alone in the Dark Jacob, you sit in pitch blackness. 
the rough sack-like hood over your head, arms pinioned uncomfortably behind your back by a set of manacles. You're in a hard seat. The room is cold, and your own breathing reverberates, letting you know that this cell is small. As Jacob tries to collect his thoughts and calm himself, knowing that the blind Inquisitor will be interrogating him soon, he gulps and tries to do some deep breathing as he's been sitting in this cell for what seems like an eternity. Jacob, mustering the courage to make a sound, will begin humming the lonesome lad taught to him by old Dale, reflecting on all of his travels and encounters with friends he's met over the years, losing so many friends at a young age. And tears begin streaming down his face as he thinks, not of the loss, but potentially not accomplishing his goals. You sit and hum through all the refrains of the lonesome lad, switching over to the moon maiden when you finish that song, and then to the golden finch, and then the tabaxi's jig. And you find that as you hum through these familiar tunes, they help shield your mind from the dread that you feel. Knowing that Gavin too has been captured, and that your new companions your new friends have also been captured. And knowing that blind inquisitors are judge, jury, and executioner. And no one would bat an eye if he struck all of your heads from your shoulders. Jacob is incredibly concerned about Gavin as he knows his temperament and natural tendency to lash out in defense and comes closer than he has in a very long time to praying for his safety, but still can't bring himself to do it. As you sit there trying to form the words, trying to muster the resolve to reach out in prayer to Hyksnos, you're jolted out of your reverie by the sharp click of a lock and then a latch, a door swinging open, and then closing back shut again. For a brief moment, light shone through the rough fabric, but you once again sit in complete darkness. Make another perception check. Ten. You sit in complete quiet for a few moments, and then a voice speaks up and says, Your heart rate is steady. That is good. I expect your experience as a performer is helping you maintain your composure. I will appreciate honesty and candor from you, Jacob Elias. And you shall have it. I smell ice wine on your breath. And he inhales deeply through his nose. Is that... Some sort of curry, perhaps cricket curry. You have a very keen sense of smell. I do. If you would believe it, 
Some of my other senses are even keener. Right now, I can hear your heartbeat. Each and every breath you take, I can feel you subtly shifting in the chair. So know that if you were to try and lie to me, I would know it within an instant. As you can imagine, I have gone through your possessions. I would ask you about the flute, which has obvious signs of wild-tainted magic. I can tell without even opening my eyes to look at you fully that you have been playing it, you have been casting through it, perhaps for quite some time now. Perhaps you know what it is, perhaps you do not. But unfortunately, we do not have time for this thing. Ordinarily, possession of this kind of object would require instant execution. But, alas, I am pressed for time. Justice rarely has the opportunity to be swift. So, I will ask you a few specific questions. I would appreciate honest and specific answers. Very well. How did Gavin obtain the dagger? I know that it was in the possession of the Grey Dawn. I just do not know how he came about it. He stole it in an act of adolescent impulse. I would know the circumstances more specifically. We were in a tavern performing and being light-fingered. Gavin pickpocketed it from a member of the Grey Dawn. We very hastily made our escape, as I am aware of the Dawn's lack of forgiveness for such an act, and I wish to protect my ward. So... I am to believe that a member of the Grey Dawn was just brazenly wearing this dagger on his person. That is correct. Interesting. I make a perception check. 21. Barely audible, but because you have your ears pricked, you hear him murmur, They become casual with these things. It leads me to believe they must have many of them. That definitely catches Jacob's ear. And he takes a mental note as it is becoming more difficult to control his breathing and his heart does flutter a bit for a moment. Almost immediately after murmuring that, he asks you, And who was Old Dale to you? He was like my father. He was my mentor my friend. I understand. As you fled south, the Great Horn pursued you. But I gather you were able to keep ahead of them by using a series of disguises, going from tavern to tavern, using a different name at each one. Indeed. After you encountered Mace, he said you healed him, and... When doing so, he said he glimpsed 
the image of Hicksness, or what he believed was Hicksness, over your shoulder. What do you know about this, if anything? He had mentioned it to me. I don't understand what he saw. I will be forthright with you, because I am in a bind. I fear that I am running out of time, that I am trying to put together a puzzle in the dark with both hands tied behind my back. I can relate. I fear Gavin did not have the dagger, which I now know has become a short sword. He did not have the weapon on his person when I apprehended him. Do you know what he might have done with it? Jacob is at a loss for words, in fact, holding his breath in confusion, truly, truly racking his brain for anything that would explain that, also questioning the possibility of it being a lie and a tactic. Make an insight check. Fifteen. As far as you can tell, he's telling the truth. You hear the slightest tinge of desperation to his tone. May I ask your name, sir? I am Lenriesh Lightsworn. Lenriesh, Sir Lightsworn, I am truly at a, a loss for what became of the dagger. He was in possession of it when we parted, and I can truly say I am equally concerned. You wouldn't lie to me, would you? Not about that. I believe you. Unfortunately, I believe it is only Gavin himself who may be able to tell me where the dagger is. I fear that wherever he stashed it, whoever he might have given it to, or wherever he might have put it, let us say that I am not the only interested party in finding that weapon. May I ask what other parties are interested? Make a persuasion check. Natural 20. You hear him sigh and say, the great on and the opaque. They are the two largest factions vying to find answers about these mysterious weapons. Both use different tactics and both have more eyes and ears in unlikely places than you would imagine. I worry that if I do not find where he put the weapon soon, it will fall back into the hands of the Great Dawn or fall into the eager hands of the opaque. Every time that Lenriesh mentions the opaque, which is news that they are interested in this weapon to Jacob, he clenches his jaw, thinking that 
another problem and obstacle and enemy to combat has entered the the arena with the Grey Dawn and the church. I appreciate your candor with me. I must be on to questioning the mage. And then, perhaps, I can convince Gavin to tell me what he's done. I fear that your judgment will have to wait. Inevitably, I will have more questions for you. You will remain incarcerated for the time being while I figure out what service to Hyksnos and what justice must be done here. You hear the latch open. Stop. The door swings open and you hear it pause. I will tell you a great truth now. You hear the door creak back and the latch shut once more. Speak it. You can believe with utmost confidence that I will be candid with you. If you have questions... I will ask them. Please, time is short. If you lay a finger on Gavin, all my comrades, I will... And Jacob trails off, unable to think of the cruelest thing he would do to Lenriesh. And instead clenches his fists and his jaw. The moment you finish your threat, you feel the sack yanked off of your head. And you hear the barest whisper of a blade being unsheathed. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 18. You manage to slam your eyelids shut just in time as a blinding light, like staring into the sun, fills the room as the blade is unsheathed. It seems to be emanating from the blade itself, but you slam your eyes shut. You can hear the hum and crackle of radiant fire licking up the back edge of the blade. You keep your eyes tightly shut and barely hear the slither of cloth as it sounds like something is being unwrapped and if possible even brighter two more motes of light appear before your tightly shut eyes and you can feel his breath on your face as he says I wield the very power of Hyksnos herself. Do not think you can threaten the likes of me. And as he finishes the sentence, both lights extinguish. And before you come back to your own senses, the door has opened and closed once more. And he is gone. Jacob, having been holding his breath since the sword was unsheathed, has an audible exhale as he breaks into a cold sweat, not regretting at all making the threat against the blind Inquisitor, 
but very aware that it took every ounce of his will and determination to not turn his head completely down, but maintain at least closed eye contact with the Inquisitor. And he begins to hum his songs, rocking back and forth in an almost childlike manner, as for the first time even in these crazy series of events since Gavin stole the, the weapon, he is truly, truly scared. As you sit, humming to yourself, losing track of the hour, your weariness washes over you, and you find yourself almost in a trance-like state, somewhere half between wakefulness and dreaming. As you feel deep exhaustion to your core, Dimitri, you are shoved roughly in the opposite direction of several of your friends. You can hear the tramp of four pairs of boots surrounding you. You can feel thick-armed soldiers grasping you under the armpit, nearly dragging you at the rate that they're pulling you down this corridor. You occasionally pass an arcane lamp. The light filters through the rough sackcloth that's been shoved over your head. Eventually, you're stopped in front of a cell, keys jangling, a lock opening, and then you're marched forcibly into a room. Both of the soldiers under your arms tighten their grips, and as the door swings shut, you feel an unexpected punch to the gut. <coughs> Silvers. <laughs> How'd you guess? And you feel another punch to your gut. Uh, it's just, you know, when little worms hit me, it just makes me think of you. Yeah? You think you're funny? And you receive a ringing blow to the head. It dazes you for a moment, and you feel someone pull the sack off your head, grip you by the hair, which is much longer than you're used to keeping it. You haven't had a chance to trim it since your dream. You're a real funny guy, huh? A real jokester, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love, a, I love a good joke or two. I mean, I'm looking at you and I'm having a great time. He starts absolutely laying into you. And with each of these blows, you take damage. Do you try to break out of the ones holding you or no? I would say if he's continuing to punch me, then yes. I would try to... He's... He is absolutely laying into yeah. you. So go ahead and make an athletics check. 18. You manage to wriggle out of the grasp of one of the burly soldiers holding one of your arms and actually elbow him in the throat for a moment. He starts kind of choking. The other soldier kind of redoubles and pulls you toward him, bringing a knee up to your gut and you take still more damage as the other soldier recovers and grabs you back by the arms. By this point, you are thoroughly beaten, battered, and bruised. Silver's looms above you. 
says, You disrespected me. You disrespected the captain. And you disrespected my mother. And, uh, we just don't stand for that kind of thing or your kind around here. And with one last blow, he brings down one of his ham-like fists on your face and all goes black. You wake some time later in complete darkness and everything hurts. As you take stock of your injuries, you feel several tender ribs. You're not sure if they're broken. One of your teeth has chipped. You bit down on your tongue so hard that it still bleeds into your mouth and you spit out the blood. One of your eyes is completely swollen shut. As you prop yourself up on the smooth stone wall, you try to take stock of your surroundings despite the fact that you're in complete darkness. Go ahead and make a perception check. That's a 10. With your ears still ringing and all of the aches and pains distracting you, it's hard to determine anything about your surroundings, though as you breathe, what you remember from the brief time where the soldiers were beating on you, they had a lantern and you're in a fairly small holding cell. You remember there being a solitary chair and a table of simple rough make. But other than that, the room was unadorned, bare stone. You scrabble around on your hands and knees for some time, looking for something, anything, maybe to get you out of these shackles or something you could potentially use as a weapon, something to give you some sort of edge as you find nothing except more pain crawling around on the floor in this chamber without your staff, without the magic that it's given you for the last, you don't even know how many years, you feel alone and vulnerable in ways that you haven't for a very long time. Just as these feelings start to overwhelm you, you hear keys fumbling in the lock. A door cracks open and you're nearly blinded by the light, raising your manacled hands before you to shield it from your one still open eye. But you can briefly see a flutter of red robes before the door closes again and you're plunged into darkness. <laughs> oh, thanks for uh, closing the door there. Uh, a little bright. You're greeted by silence, but it's short, and he doesn't seem to acknowledge or respond to that statement, and he says, I will be brief with you. Normally I would have many questions for a person like you. Like, how did you come across that staff who gave it to you? Who provides your power? What is your connection to the wild? But no, these questions will have to wait. I will ask, perhaps I will ask them later. But now I need to know what it is that you know about the dagger, about the short sword that Gavin was carrying. <laughs> I've... 
Uh, I figured you guys would know something more about that than me. You wouldn't lie to me, Dimitri, because I warn you it would be largely pointless. No, I wouldn't lie to you, Briefs. Uh, you're a big guy. You're, 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 you're important. I get it. I don't got time to lie to you either. My importance is nothing in comparison to my duty to this realm, to this empire, to the people who live here. I must find that weapon and I must intervene with the great on. Wait, find it? Did you lose it? <laughs> you, you stupid people. <laughs> oh, 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 Silvers. Oh, you guys, Silvers. Oh, oh, I shouldn't have pushed him. Oh, I can't enjoy this. I can't enjoy this as much as I want to. <laughs> Your merriment notwithstanding, Gavin did not have the weapon on him when he was arrested. Do you know where he might have put it? Where he might have stashed it? Who he might have given it to? I can tell you where he might have put it, but uh, or at least I can tell you where I would prefer you to look, but since you guys are so obsessed with the sun, I don't think you'd like it. I understand your insinuation. If that is all, I will be going. I can't stand the stink of wild magic about you a second longer. <laughs> you can't handle it, you stupid old man. <laughs> this is great. I was so afraid of you people for so long, and it was for nothing. You're just as dumb. You're just as stupid as, as I thought. <laughs> Before I go, what? is your role in the recent sightings of creatures from the wild. I would have you know that I just received word that my liege lord Akadim Kuldir has slain one. It was on its way here, no doubt to attack the city. I would have you know that this is second on my list of priorities. First, is the Great Dawn, first is the dagger or the short sword, but I will return and I will get to the bottom of this. I would know now your involvement. Buddy, <laughs> I'm the one trying to keep him there and I'm the one trying to put him back. You need me out there doing my thing. So that way you all can keep pretending you have everything under control. What gave you those powers? I'll give you a hint. It's not your big dumb snake guy. Uh, this I know. Well, there you go. Then why do you hate the wild so much? You don't get your powers from the wild. <laughs> they have another source. What is it? That is what I wish you would tell me. That's as far as I know, man. Make a deception check. 16. More lies and obfuscation, but... We will get to the bottom of this. For now, I must go and question Gavin himself. What do you gotta mess with that kid for? Come on, really? There are forces pursuing Gavin that would do far worse than I am prepared to to get an answer. I tell you that. So, 
What I do now, I do to protect his life, to protect your life, and to protect the lives of innocent men, women, and children all across the Empire. Whatever you need to say to make it easy for you to sleep. He says nothing in response, but opens and closes the door, and you hear the lock click sturdily behind him. Gavin, you sit alone, hooded, hands manacled behind your back on a hard wooden chair. Make a perception check. Six. It is pitch black in the room as you stare out or try to stare out through the rough sackcloth hood that's over your head. As you're being marched to this cell by two thick-armed soldiers, you were able to make out some pinpricks of light from the arcane lamps that lit the hallways of this prison complex you're in. But as you sit in this room now, you are in complete and total darkness. You can hear your breath reverberating off of the smooth stone walls. You know that the room is small. You feel so tired. At this point, you feel like Uh, Make an intelligence check. Eleven. It's hard for you to estimate what time it might be, but you know that it's early, early in the morning and that you haven't slept in far too many hours. You are mentally and physically drained from pursuing the would-be opaque members at the request of Brother Kai... And as you sit here stewing, you feel as though hours pass. With a furrowed brow, Gavin continues to think about how he's no stranger to a prison cell for short bursts of time in his life, certainly growing up alone and, well, with the only company of miscreants that he had. This is not exactly an unfamiliar situation, but there is a growing unease in the air for him as dealings with this level of government are foreign to him. Gavin has a slight nervousness about him, thinking about the dagger that he left behind and what that might mean for the future, wondering if he can trust Kai to hold on to that precious possession to him. And yet, an odd concern for his companions as well, There's no doubt that a darkness has been growing inside of Gavin, one he's not quite sure about how to deal with, and one where he's not quite sure where it's going to lead to. But all he knows is unease, so there's almost a comfort in the helplessness of his situation. Sometimes when the choices are not your own is when you feel the most comfortable. As you sit there, steeping in your own thoughts, concern... For the others in your party, simmering at the back of your mind, you hear, finally, footsteps, a jangle of keys, and then a lock click. A door swings open, and for a brief moment, light shines through the rough-spun fabric of the hood over your head, and then the door creaks shut. You sit in silence for several long moments, 
Make a perception check. Nine. And you don't hear anything, but all of a sudden, the hood on your head is pulled off forcefully, and in the complete darkness, you hear something slam down on what sounds like a table just before you, and then a soft glow of light emanates from what looks like a coin held by a man in blood-red robes. As you glance down on what was slammed on the table, you see the gauntlet that was in your pack. He leaves the glowing coin on the table next to the gauntlet, puts both hands on the side of the table, leaning his weight on it, as though he's weary too. And then he says, Gavin, there isn't much time. You have left a very powerful magic item somewhere. And I tell you that I am not the only one who is looking for it. I need you to tell me what this is. And he nods towards the gauntlet. Well, it appears to be a gauntlet in my estimation, but I would feel like you would know far better than I. I have been warned about your smart responses. I believe you got this gauntlet from the Great Dawn. Am I correct in that assumption? Well, your perceptiveness I've been warned about as well, and I see that uh, that was in good standing here. And the dagger, you also got it from the Great Dawn? Dagger? I'm... Not familiar. I received my daggers ages ago. Baubles, trinkets. The short sword. I know it transformed. Not sure where it is. I don't have it. Make a deception check. 21. (laughs) Right there. Your heart rate, it increased. I can smell a slight perspiration on your brow. You see, I know when you are lying... And I know you are lying about not knowing where it is, so I will put it to you this way. The Grey Dawn and the Opaque are both searching for that weapon now. If you left it somewhere or with someone, they are in great danger. If I can get there first and recover it, perhaps I can save their life. Well, if they're in great danger, then aren't we both wasting time right now with you having me locked up here? There is nothing you can do to protect someone. I'm sure the person who that gauntlet belonged to thought that exact same thing. Maybe. But you see, I have the power and the might of the Empire behind me. I have a vast network of people I can call upon. You are one person trying to go up against two of the largest, most dangerous organizations in all of Sildum. And it's funny, because I wasn't aware that this was the only empire that Sildum has ever had. Wasn't aware that these were the only organizations that have ever existed in Sildum. Organizations and empires, they come and go like the wind. This is merely a blip, that's all. We are just motes of dust floating in the light of Hyksnos. I will die someday. I know how. But someone may die today. 
who doesn't deserve it, who doesn't know how and doesn't know why. People die every day who don't deserve it. I think we're all very familiar with that. Deserve has nothing to do with it. Very well. You leave me no option but to start questioning you more vigorously. Tilting his neck and cracking the bones within, Gavin sighs and says, Well, I was waiting for it, so let's have a new experience then, shall we? He pulls a short knife from his belt. He walks around behind you and forcefully grabs one of the hands that is manacled. And he says, The calluses on this hand tell me that you have some talent, some dexterity. The fingers feel strong. It would be a shame to lose one of them. That's a choice you have to make, I suppose. I would certainly like to keep all ten, but... Then you can tell me where the dagger is, where the sword is. I'm afraid I can't do that. You start to feel the pressure of the blade dig in, biting into the tendons. And he says, Are you certain about that? Wincing in pain, Gavin caustically laughs and spits a bit. And as the spittle leaves his mouth, says, "Ah, In for a copper, in for a gold, I suppose. Very well. You feel the pressure increase. And at that moment, the door to the cell bursts open. Standing in front of it in the light, pouring through, you see a hulking, shaggy-furred minotaur. And that's where we'll leave the adventure for now. Stay tuned for a message from another friendly podcast. There are three paths presented to you. The blue flame has the great risk, correct? Are you sure, Sophie? I foresee a path you can understand, let alone tread... But you will have to walk yourself. I am no stranger to being alone. I I know it better than anything else. Ambush! Vix left a note saying they were going to explore and... For all intents, I should have you exiled. Bear with us now. The sunless. <laughs> this is blood. Are your minds made up too? Then step into the room behind me, adventurous. I wish you find what you seek and can heal your world. Dice Tower Theater, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.